0: A reading from the Gospel of John, the 14th chapter, the 15th through the 21st verse. Hear these words. If you love me, you will obey what I command. And I will ask the Father and he will give you another counselor to be with you forever. The spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him for he lives with you. And will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Before long, the world will not see me anymore. But you will see me. Because I live, you also will live. On that day, you will realize that I am in my father. And you are in me. And I am in you. Whoever has my commands and obeys them. He is the one who loves me. He who loves me will be loved by my father. And I too will love him and show myself to him. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Ever equipping God as I speak, may you increase and I decrease. May the words you have given me for this message be seeds that rest in our hearts that we might bear fruit for you. May I be bold and courageous in speaking what it is you've given me to speak. And may we, as your people, have ears that hear. This is our prayer in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Have you ever had an advocate? I know the text I just read says counselor, but honestly, the translation is better as advocate, especially in our day and times. Do you know what an advocate is? One of my favorite TV shows back in the the early 2000s was JAG. And the reason I liked it, JAG, was because I loved what the initials stood for. The judge advocate general. There was such power in that, and they were always trying to make things that look like they might be wrong, they might be trying to make them right. And then another place I saw an advocate in my life was when we were adopting our children. The children had their own advocate appointed by the judge to make sure their best interest was in the whole process of the adoption, to make sure that what was happening to them was in their best interest. They had an advocate. So let me ask you again. Do you have an advocate in your life? I want to tell you about one of mine. I've had a few in my life but one of them I'm just remembering this month especially because he was just a great man who came into my life late in life. He married my mother after I was grown and married and and had my first child and he affectionately, his name is Byron, but he came to be affectionately known in my family as Pops. Now Pops was a gray-headed man with wire-framed glasses with a Robust figure. And he had this deep voice that sounded like the voice of God. And he could do some of the most beautiful. When he sang, the heavens moved. He was the most beautiful bass you've ever heard sing. Him and his sons could sing a quartet. And he held that bass line just as beautiful as anything I've ever heard. And then he could tell stories about. He could use that voice to get in character. And he would tell stories about wide mouth frogs. To entertain the children. And then he he would always, 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 when you saw him, he would greet you with a warm hug. And he often challenged me in who I was and who I was becoming, but he always did it with grace. And I didn't really appreciate who Pops was until later in life when I didn't really have Pops anymore. And what a great influence and great advocate. He was in our lives because the man would speak truth to you, but it was always in your best interest. It was never harsh. It was always kind and it was always in love. And I think today, as we listen to what Jesus is saying to us, we can't help but think about the advocates in our life because Jesus says, obey my command." Whatever you do, obey my command. But you cannot do it alone. That's something we as people of God have to understand. The command is to love one another. As Jesus has loved us, we must love one another also. Because it says back in John thirteen thirty four that he gave us that command while sitting at the table with his disciples. So that the world would know we belong to him by the way we love people. The way Byron loved people. It was obvious that it didn't come from Byron. It didn't come from Pops. When the waitress in the cafe gave him that nickname and we all jumped on it and attached it to him. And he had no choice. But every time that we call him Pops to be reminded of that moment in the cafe when the lady tagged him with the name Pops. He grew into it affectionately. And he grew into it lovingly. And he expressed love because he has been loved. And he understood where love came from. That's what Jesus is saying to his disciples today. He's still gathered at the table in the upper room. It's the night before the crucifixion. It's part of the farewell discourse that Jesus is known for in loving his disciples. And he's asking them to do one thing. Carry it on. Carry it on. This cannot stop here. I need you to obey my command. Now, there are people who will argue about which command he was talking about or or specifically what he was saying, or did he mean all of the commandments from, from the Jewish teachings, or did he mean that specific command that he gave them in chapter 13? And John stresses that command above all other commands. John says, love is the command. We, the people of God, are called to love one another As we have been loved. Think about that. Think about how much love you've received. Not particularly from others, but especially from God through others. Because that makes a huge difference. There's recently a story about a lady who held a grudge for her divorced husband. He had left when the kids were young and he owed her $100,000 in back child support payments. And she carried a grudge and had him arrested and was headed to court proceedings where the children's father would wind up in jail because of the money that he owed. And the children came to their mother and said, Mom, forgive him. We love our father. And we love you. We are fine without the payments. Forgive him and let us all love one another. The story goes on to say that she did. She asked the court to dismiss the charge. And to dismiss the charges against him out of love that she could forgive him. She was empowered by a spirit greater than her so that she could love others as she had been loved. Her children were inspired by a power greater than them. They didn't hold on to their woundedness. They allowed God to heal them, and through their healing, they were able to love their mother into allowing her to be healed as she forgave their father. And their father, of course, got to start a new life. I don't know what happened to the family after that date, but I do know one thing. They loved beyond their physical human capacity to love. Jesus says you can't do this alone. We can't do it alone. A lot of us are suffering right now as we're quarantined and social distancing from ourselves because we need love. We're human beings. We need contact and we find in one another the spirit of God. And in that spirit of God, we find love. And we need to know we're loved. And it's why quarantine is so hard for us. It's why social distancing is so tough for us at this time. Because God reflects God's self through individuals like you and me. And we build a community, like Jesus said, that's been built on for 2,000 years of loving one another as we have been loved by God. So he commands his disciples obey my command, but let me assure you one thing. This is how much I love you. You see, Jesus had been their advocate. Jesus had showed them the way. Jesus was teaching them what it meant to walk in relationship with their creator. And he was their advocate while he was on earth. But he was telling them, I'm going away. But this is how much the one who sent me loves you. We will not orphan you. God will never, ever leave us alone. Jesus made that promise that night at that table with the men he had gathered and the women he had gathered to love. And he said, I'm going away, but you will not be alone. I don't know about you, but in this time, we can feel alone. There have been moments of great loneliness. Because I believe we need each other. We need each other to love one another, to remind us how much God loves us. And Jesus made a promise. And I don't know of a promise Jesus ever made that Jesus doesn't keep. And he said, I'm going to the Father and I will send to you. I will send to you the counselor, the comforter, the advocate. I will send to you someone. I will send to you that spirit. Now, for Trinitarians, it's all an expression of God. It's all the same God working through all three pieces, through God the Creator, God Jesus the Son, and God Jesus the Holy Spirit. Now, for those who aren't Trinitarians, you figure it out a different way. But I believe it's a manifestation of the Spirit of God in all three entities. And I believe that God works through Jesus. I believe that God sent the Holy Spirit and that God lives in each and every one of us. And that's what Jesus is saying in the text today. I am going to send you the advocate. What we know as the Holy Spirit. Or for some of you who are from a generation before mine, you knew it as the Holy Ghost. We've changed that term and we now use it as the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit comes into our lives for one reason. You remember why the the advocate was in my children's life? To make sure... Everything that happened was in their best interest. That they received the love that was due them as children. That they were accepted, that they were treated fairly, and that they were given a chance to blossom in their lives. The Holy Spirit's the same for us, isn't it? When we struggle, what do we do? We cry out to God, and God sends the Holy Spirit. When we're in an an engagement with another human being and we don't know what to say and we begin to open our mouth and these words come out of our mouth and they're things we don't recognize, we know what? The Advocate is with us. Because the Advocate is moving so that love is expressed in our lives. That's the sole purpose of the Holy Spirit in our life, is to make sure that we're vessels of love. To make sure we know we're loved by God, because in knowing we're loved by God, we're able... To share that love with other people. Bill Coffin says this. If we fail to love, we're failing at everything else we do. Think about that for a minute. If we fail at love, we fail at everything else we do. Jesus tells us that we should continue doing what Jesus is doing. Because Jesus lives in us. And in living in us, the Holy Spirit is manifest through us. And if the Holy Spirit is manifest through us, that means that love goes with us and love goes wherever we are. But if we make a conscious decision not to accept the Holy Spirit or to live within the parameters that the Advocate brings into our lives, then we dismiss God from our presence. We dismiss the ability to love from our presence. We turn our back on other people. Pops, he already had a family when I came to know him. Three wonderful sons. Three beautiful sons who were grown and going about their life. And he married my mother, a woman with five children. All of us grown and he was given the opportunity to decide whether he wanted to love us or not as family. It's called blending, right? That's what we call it these days. How well do we blend our families together when our parents decide to divorce and get remarried and go through all that stuff, and the kids were thrown in the whole mess together, and we've got to figure this whole family thing out? And I'll never forget, it's Pops, robust, beautiful, smiling, gentle Pops, who was the first to open his arms. I remember meeting him for the first time and we walked in the room together and I was a little apprehensive because this man was loving my mother. And I'm the oldest son. And somewhere in my crazy mind, I think I should take care of my mother, especially when it came to her meeting a new man. But then there was Pops, the advocate, the one who I never heard say a harsh word About anybody. The man who, when you met him, met you with open arms. In spite of where you were in your life, in spite of what was going on in your life, in spite of what silly decision you had made in your life that he knew probably wasn't in your best interest. He opened his arms. And he loved you full of grace. And he always encouraged you. And he always found the best in whomever he was talking to. And it was his special gift to highlight your special gift. He could name what was good for you. He could tell you where you were beautiful and where you shine. And he would do it in the most loving way that you wanted to leave and make that part of your life flourish. You wanted to, he inspired me to inspire others. Tim Tebow once said, to inspire, you have to live inspired. And let me, believe, let me tell you that the advocate in my life who, who spoke truth into me as I was transitioning from the secular world into the ministry, who, who spoke life into a ministry that was becoming new, a new change of life, he was one who inspired me to go and do what Jesus was calling me to do, what the Holy Spirit was moving in our lives. You see, if, if we're going to embrace the commandment, to love one another as we have been loved by God, then we, the people of God, have to believe that Jesus lives in us. That when we accept the Christ, it's not like he left the world and went and sat down at the right hand of God. He's alive in us. His Spirit's alive in us. And it's through the power of the Holy Spirit that we're allowed to connect with other people to know that they are loved. This world seems to be pushing individuals to create their own individuality. It seems like we're in a move these days to see who can be the most individual person there is. Imitation isn't well thought of these days, and everybody is making their own videos and trying to do their own thing. But I wonder if we as people of God need to rethink how individual we need to be in our faith. He didn't tell the disciples to go out and start your own move. He didn't say, go define what it means to be loved by God. He said, do what I have been doing so that I might live in you. In this day and age, maybe the imitation of the love of Jesus in our lives is what we're supposed to be doing. Maybe it's time that we, the people of God, wherever we are amidst all of this social distancing, uh, all this quarantine, all this starting to reopen, maybe we need to reground ourselves in Jesus. Maybe we need to listen to the advocate in our lives that's prompting us to move and love somebody else. Maybe we need to pick up the phone and call somebody that the Spirit's been putting on our mind. Or we need to go and we need to see somebody. Keep our six feet distance and see somebody and be safe about it. But go and see somebody and remind them that they are loved by God. Maybe it's time as we start to reopen that we come out as the people of God and begin to love as we've been loved and never lose sight of that. God calls us into community. Jesus formed that community in the room. Pops fit into our family like he was always there because he fit in with love. He didn't force his way in. He fit in because he loved us where we were, as we were, as God loves us. Folks, that's what God wants from us. God wants us to go out into the world. Wherever we are able to go, whatever we can do, we want to walk with God and call upon the Holy Spirit in our life so that we can represent the love of Jesus to all of humanity. Jesus says, go, do what I do. Love one another as I have loved you. So let's go. Let's love one another by the power of the Holy Spirit invested in us. Amen and amen.